0: for the persecutor.
1: welcome to the voice of the martyrs radio my name is todd nettleton do you ever feel like you're not taking risks to share the gospel with your neighbors you're going to be encouraged today to trust god even when you feel nervous or uncomfortable about sharing the gospel today we're going to hear part two of a conversation that we started last week With Steve and Debbie Walcott. They are longtime gospel workers with Africa Inland Mission. If you missed the program last week, Steve and Debbie talked about the power of simply being a good neighbor and how kindness can advance the gospel of Christ. They told us how this had affected the Muslim community around them in Africa. As they've shared the gospel, though, they have also been in some dangerous situations. Here's Steve.
2: I've had many, many times when I've taken risk. They've been calculated risk. They haven't just been risk taken for the sake of risk, but risk to go into places, to bring encouragement, to bring help to the church, to our brothers and sisters, and particularly after, after we evacuated out of Congo and going back into Congo at that point in time, uh, it was risky. There were there were many times where I just wasn't sure. I might I might not even get back home. How do you think through? Okay,
1: I feel like this is something that needs to be done, or these this is a place where I need to go, but it's dangerous. It's risky. How do you think through that process of saying it's it's worth the risk?
2: I think I think the key to that is looking at what we're trying to do. What when we go into an area, are we going in? For the sake of just bringing relief to those people? Are we going into that area to try to bring encouragement and strengthen the believers who are there who have suffered from, from some atrocity or from some circumstance that they had no control of? and And if indeed we are going into a place to bring encouragement and help to the church and there is a risk involved. I believe that we're called to do that. It's a, it's a it's a means of us showing the love of Christ, taking the love of Christ and showing the love of Christ to those people, even though it is a risk. It's a potential risk to ourselves. The bigger um, blessing is being able to encourage them and, and help them to move on from the circumstance that they find themselves in, that they're living in that. I can go in, bring help and get away from it. They have to live in it. And so my presence just showing up and being present says to the body of Christ there, somebody outside of us cares about us. And it might not just be Steve who cares about us. He represents a bunch of other people who love us and care about us and are willing to give. Sometimes it's, it's finances. Sometimes it's bringing food. Sometimes it's bringing clothing. Sometimes it's bringing dishes. Sometimes it's just being present. But it is communicating that there's other people in the body of Christ that love us, and they're willing to stand with us in this circumstance. That's what makes the risk worthwhile.
1: Debbie, I'd love to hear you, as a woman and as a wife, talk about that same thing. Do you you process it any differently from how Steve does, or do you kind of see it along the same lines?
3: One theme that's a common saying in in our family and with our kids is, am I a Christian first? Or am I whatever else first? It was a Bonhoeffer quote where, you know, he's talking about, well, what what is it that motivates us for our family? And it's definitely Steve, it's myself, but it's also our three kids. Mm -hmm. We've got three amazing kids, and they've been involved in all of this all along Everything we've done has been a family's decision. It hasn't been Steve dictating to the rest of us, this is what we're going to do. There have been some really tough times when Steve was going in and, you know, nobody was supposed to know where he was going and what he was doing. And our oldest daughters found out that he was making a trip and she was like, I need to know this. So we have a policy of being very open with our kids and explaining what's happening and praying together about it. And it's not always pretty. And there are worries and there are stresses. And, you know, I think it has taken a toll on our kids at times and even me at times that we don't always know if Steve's going to come back. And now our kids are walking their own journeys and they're dealing with those same situations, same questions with their own kids in the things that they're involved in. So I think in meeting these challenges, in meeting dangers, number one, What's our first priority? Our first priority is the love of God and Jesus that we adore. Our second priority is as a family, we love each other and we talk about things and we're open with each other. We face our fears and we talk about our fears and it's okay to be afraid. Then realizing that 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 sometimes you're going to have to deal with some hard stuff later
1: It's okay to be afraid. How do you overcome that? How do you be afraid and yet still do what God's calling you to do?
3: (laughs) You would be asking me that question. (laughs) I always said we're a great couple. Steve's fearless, and I'm fully afraid. (laughs) Um, I think, again, that, that listening for Jesus' voice and knowing what it is he wants you to do, for me, that's been the biggest key. That even though I feel afraid, he's for this. That this is something he wants to have happen. And I have the opportunity of joining him in this.
1: I love the way you phrase that as what God is doing and he's letting you join into it. It's not dependent on you not being afraid. It's dependent on God. Exactly. <laughs> and and you're getting to be a part of it. And that excitement, I can hear it in your voice, that excitement to be part of what God is doing We're talking today on Voice of the Martyrs Radio with Steve and Debbie Walcott. They are longtime missionaries in Africa. Steve and Debbie, some of the people who listen to Voice of the Martyrs Radio are are sensing that call that we talked about, where God is saying, hey, I want you to go somewhere else, to another country, to represent me and to share the gospel. You've been doing this for a long time. How would you advise that person who's hearing that call, sensing that call, maybe even wrestling with that call, how would you advise them as they think about that and as they pray about that?
3: I believe that that God will answer our prayers. And if we're honestly praying and asking God, is this what you want from me? He's going to bring along affirmation through other people, through his word. He's going to bring that affirmation. Added to that, if you're a married couple— I think this is a journey that you take together, but also separately. For me, as a missionary wife, to be able to go back to the work that God was doing in my own life before Steve and I got married, when things get rough, I can go back and say, well, I'm not here just because I'm Steve's wife, but I'm here because God called me. And um, I just recently talked to a young couple in Uganda, Ugandan couple that are interested in missions. And he was saying, you know, right now he's a pastor and he's feeling a tug towards missions, but his wife's not there yet. And I, I just encouraged him, then you keep praying together. And the Lord, if this is what the Lord wants you, he's going to bring both of you along. It's not going to be her feeling like she has to follow you, but she will know that this is what God wants for her specifically as well.
2: Calling begins with listening. And listening to the voice of God in our lives, if you've, if, you, if you've had a calling, if you've heard that calling, you know that he's spoken to you. And when God has spoken to us, we have a choice. We have a choice. Am I going to obey that? Am I going to trust him and obey that? Or am I going to step out on my own in some other direction and ignore what, I mean, what I've heard and what I know I should do? Listening... Trusting and obeying. You know, the listening part may, is probably, I want to say, is probably the easy part, but it may be the hardest part. To actually hear what God is saying to us, speaking into our lives, either directly to us or through Scripture or maybe through other people, but then to actually act on that, to trust that that is Him speaking, and to take steps to move in the direction that I think He's wanting me to go that's where faith and knowing that it's him who spoke to me, that we have to apply that. We have to start applying what we know he said to us. And that's where the obedience part of it comes in. I don't think it's easy. I'm not saying to anybody that the calling of God on our lives is an easy thing. I think it's a very difficult thing, actually, because I think we have the enemy of ourselves, first of all. We have Satan against us. And we may even have family and friends who don't like what they're hearing us say. And so to actually follow that and pursue it to where we end up, where we believe God was calling us to go, it's not an easy thing.
1: How did God confirm that in, in your process? As you were taking some of those early steps, how did you see God saying, yes, yes, this is the direction I want you to go?
2: I had spent the year between high school and university in Africa. I wasn't sure where I really wanted to go to university, what I really wanted to do, and I needed a year to kind of look at things and think about things. And I would say that during that year, I had a pretty firm affirmation that I needed to come back to where I was and felt like that's what God was leading me to. And And how do I get back here? Part of it was a training. What kind of training do you do? Um, What degree do you get? Or what practical training do you get? And in the process of that, meeting Debbie and Debbie had an interest in missions. And Debbie ended up going for a summer to Africa, the same summer that I was there. And we saw each other in that context, which confirmed that, yeah, this is something we are both headed to. After we graduated from university, we ended up spending a year in a discipleship school with a group called International Missions and spent two years in France. And all that time, we were looking at going to Africa. I mean, that's where we were headed. And our two years in France, there's a huge need. France is a country with huge spiritual needs, and we saw that and began to question, well, maybe we should stay here. And in that questioning, we went back to, well, what was it that God called us to? He called us to go to Africa. He didn't call us to stay in France. Let's pursue, continue to pursue what he originally called us to and ended up back, back in Africa together. We were married at that point in Africa together and have had many confirmations that that's where we were to be and, where, and it's where we still are.
3: Lord doesn't always work in the ways that we, you know, our first commitment was we're going to Congo and we're there for life. We had to learn that our first commitment has to be obedience to God wherever that is, not necessarily a country. So, you know, when war broke out and we were evacuated out, there was a really rough time because our understanding was God wanted us in, in Congo. Surely God wants us in Congo. And, you know, the place we'd been working, the mission kept saying, no, not yet. Even the national church was like, no, it's not a good place for a family. No, no, no you know and and yet we were and just and you're
1: thinking wait a minute god called us there. exactly mm-hmm.
3: exactly it took us a while to realize that no our call is to obedience to god and so when we couldn't go back in to congo at that point then okay well god all right what is it you want us to go we're our our ears are back open and we'll go where you we're listening where you want we'll we'll listen and go where you want us to go
1: one of the things that we try to do all the time on Voice of the Martyrs radio is help people to pray. So I'm I'm going to ask you some prayer questions, but first I want to start with missionaries. People like you who are serving in the field, how can we pray for them? How can we support them through our prayers? What are some specific ways that you think people should pray for missionaries?
2: I I would say that start by praying that that, that we as God's children would consistently be in relationship with him. It's easy to get out of relationship with him. And if we aren't in relationship with Jesus, our ability to do anything for him (laughs) becomes pretty much zero. Um, We're then doing it in our own strength. We're doing it in our own understanding, our own wisdom, our own insights. And those are the things that he's told us, pray for that. Pray for wisdom and insight and understanding to come from me, I'm the one who gives wisdom, I'm the one who gives understanding, I'm the one who gives insight. And I think that those are the things that that if people want to pray for us as missionaries, start by praying for those things for us.
3: Pray for the protection of missionary families, for their marriages. A missionary marriage is not magical, and um, (laughs) it's still too... (laughs) Still too I, I
1: grew up in a missionary household so that's why I'm laughing. <laughs> yeah. It is not magical. It is not magical. <laughs> it's not
3: magical and you still have two two people with sin nature's trying to live together. Pray for the children too that they will grow up to love the Lord. One question, you know, that we had to answer over and over again, mom and dad, do you love your the ministry more than us? And to just Reassure them over and over again, we'll do whatever it takes to be with you. You know, we love you so much. You mean more to us than ministry. And then they very definitely need protection from the evil one because they will be under attack. They will be under attack. People who are already right now considering missions and maybe your marriage isn't really solid, this is not the time to do missions. It's not going to get better because you become a missionary. In fact, it's, it's going to be a lot worse. You're going to be more of a target. And once again with the kids, it needs to be a team play thing. Everybody needs to be in agreement that this is where we all feel God's calling us to be. And I think every, every time that we came back to the States, it was open forum. Okay, are we all going back in that, you know, are we all in on this or are we not? And if, there, if we're not, what are the questions and what are our options? What do we think the Lord wants us to do? So just a lot of prayer. Again, for those of you who are helping to support missionaries, your prayers mean a lot. Um, you don't know the miracles that God does on the field through your prayers. There are so many stories, but like our youngest daughter became very, very sick and for a long time, we didn't know what was going on. We had She had to be pulled out of school at 10th grade. She thought she'd never graduate from 10th grade. But it was a long journey for her and for us. And yet the cool thing is the expert in what was wrong with her was at Mayo Clinic. Ended up, he was a friend of ours that was on the mission field in Congo when we first went there. And so he was occasionally make trips out to Uganda where we were living at the time. And so he did house calls. So when people would say to us, Don't you think you need to go back to the States? We'd say, Well, we've got the world's best authority on this situation. And he's making house calls to us here in Africa. In Africa, and everything's under control. So um, the Lord just steps in in amazing ways through the prayers of his people.
1: Amen. So I want to switch gears now from praying for the missionaries to praying for the countries where you guys are working. And we talked about Central African Republic and we talked about the Congo and we talked about Uganda, what are some of the ways that we can specifically be in prayer for those countries, the country as a whole, but also the church, our, our brothers and sisters who are there?
2: I think for the country, I think all, all those countries that you mentioned, Uganda, Central African Republic, Congo, I think the, probably the, the primary prayer request would be for godly leaders that God would raise up those who fear him, who love him, who want the best for their people and not for themselves. Um, I think so often in these countries, the leadership are looking out for themselves and really don't care about the people. And so, you know, God raising up leaders who care about the people, I would say as for these countries that would be a primary um prayer request
3: for the individuals for the church i think we can be praying that no matter what they're going through they would know the lord's arms around them his presence with them you can you can almost take anything if you if you know that god has his arms wrapped around you and is walking along with you again just a real short story in in congo I went to visit a a lady that she was very arthritic, bent over. She lived in a hovel um, with just like banana branches for the roof. And when I went to visit her, I she was lying down just on some grass inside of her hut. And she she asked me to look at her feet, and her feet were bleeding because rats had come in and had been had been around her during the night and um i said you know we need to do something about this and she said but you know i'm so grateful god has provided me this place and it's dry and she said you know my friends over there they have roofs that leak but my roof doesn't leak at all and i was just taken aback and she said you know and each evening she says, I just know that Jesus is singing to me. Again, all of us as human beings, if we have a real feeling of, of the presence of the Lord with us, we can deal with almost anything around us. So I guess that would be my prayer.
1: Amen. We've been talking today on Voice of the Martyrs Radio with Steve and Debbie Walcott. They are long-term gospel workers with Africa Inland Mission If you want to know more about AIM, their website is AIMINT.org. Again, AIMINT.org. As we finish up today's program, Debbie, I would like to ask you, would you be willing to just lead us in prayer for some of these nations and for our brothers and sisters who are there?
3: Loving Father, thank you that we can come to you each day, each moment of our lives with our request. We can pour out our hearts to you. Thank you that you're not unfeeling, that you care so deeply about us, that you loved us enough to send Jesus, your son, to rescue us from sin and death, but also to come alongside of us. And and you suffered on the cross, even bearing our suffering as well. So we thank you for that. And Lord, I just pray for the people in these countries that we've talked about today And there are many, many more countries throughout Africa that are just suffering um, in, in so many ways. Lord, I pray for those who are suffering today. Would you hear their heart cries? Would you touch them? Would you pour your healing oil into them? Would you assure them of your presence? Would you surround them with your protection? Would you give them what they need to eat today and a place to sleep and clothing to wear? And especially for the children and the families, Lord, would you keep them together? Help them not to be separated from from each other. Lord, I pray that you would give them a supernatural ability to love the people around them, no matter even though they're going through so many difficult situations. Lord, I thank you that your kingdom is a kingdom of all nations and all languages, all tribes, all peoples of the whole world united, each distinct and beautiful in its own way, coming with many different cultures and traditions and looks and faces and yet all coming together in one glorious kingdom that just shouts the glory and honor of who you are and the beauty of you, the creator. Lord, I thank you for who you are, and I pray, especially today, that you would surround those who are, who are being persecuted for your name with just your arms of love and clouds and clouds of protection. Cover them. Protect them, love them, and show us how we can love them in your name. In Jesus' name I pray this. Amen. Amen.
1: Stephen Debbie Walcott, thanks for being our guest this week on Voice of the Martyrs Radio. Thank
2: you.
0: Christians in hostile nations may live far from us. As believers, we know that we are one with them and part of the body of Christ. As such, we can't ignore their suffering. If the Holy Spirit is impressing you to know more and support the work of Voice of the Martyrs, please visit our website at vom.com.au. All donations of $2 and more are tax-deductible in Australia. This has been a production of VOM Oz Radio, Voice for the Persecuted.